0: Are you still there? I'm still here. All right. Okay. <laughs> I'm That's still good. here. <laughs> that was good. Yeah. I would. To
1: uh, 10 minute intro, and then we went uh, 20 minutes Jays, and the rest was uh, NFL. Every sports fan has an opinion. Well, these are ours. Our. Welcome to Brock and Pep's Unsportsmanlike Convo. Right!
0: right. Brock
1: Fleming and Pep Cariotti.
0: Good day, everybody. It's September 14th, 2021. I don't know if I should have said good evening. It is going to be the evening when you guys are hearing this, but we are pre-recording once again. I'm your host, Brock Fleming, and with me, as usual... is my partner in crime p diddy over with his blue jay gear on how you doing p dog i'm good
1: i'm good this pre pre pre-recording uh not live stuff is interesting i feel like we're just talking to each other but knowing that people will listen to this later we'll be in our best behavior
0: We'll do our best. Uh, The comments and stuff are always nice. I like a little bit more of the interaction and having guys make their comments and and tidbits, checking our work, if you will, as well, is always nice. (laughs) But we're going to give the pre-recorded a shot today and uh, make sure we get it out. Nice. All right, so today we're going to get right into it. Today we want to talk about a few things. We're going to talk Blue Jays. We're going to talk NFL football. Week one has come and gone. Yeah. First, we're going to talk about news that have had or what I've been doing over the last little while. And uh, last Friday we participated in a charity golf tournament for the Wally and Mathot podcast. Yes. We're free shout out to a, another podcast that uh, is local, but a couple of good guys that are doing it and they're having fun with it. It's very hockey based. um, But a lot of good interviews. They're, they're really taking off the right step, but the golf tournament they had was to raise funds for the do it for Darren charity Um, which is obviously something that, uh, you know, is near and dear to, you know, yourself and and myself. And, and, you know, it's really around uh, kids' suicide prevention and and, um, education, all that kind of stuff. So we wanted to support it. So we went actually on behalf of Football Forward. We went and we we had got a foursome. So it was myself, uh, Scotty Endicott, as per usual. Ken Tasker and Hugh Doyle. Hugh John Doyle, who's been on the... uh, uh, no, he hasn't been on this show yet, but he was my partner in crime when we were on the front office. We were doing the CFL draft and stuff. I needed to bring in my ringer, and this guy remembers everything and anything about CFL. Uh, anyway, we had a, a good foursome. It was a great day, beautiful day. You know, it raised a lot of money. There was a lot of real good connections. Uh, a lot of people asking about the football forward stuff. I was talking to uh, Wally a little bit. Um, of how he sort of ditched us when he was supposed to come on the show. And then he started his own and then hasn't come on yet. So i let him know <laughs> my displeasure, if you will. But uh, that being said, it's it's definitely not out of the realm of having him on the show at some point. Um, got a chance to, you know, eat. Well, bump elbows. And most of that was in the buffet line. But bumping elbows with... uh yeah, you know, talking Warzone and Call of Duty with Mark Mathot and uh, watching, uh, there's a couple of the young kids for the Sens. One's Austin something, Peak or something. Anyway, but the other one's Nick Paul, who's the guy who scored the golden goal for Canada in that uh, last championships. Uh, and then the other one was the, the young kid. Is it Drake Batherson?
1: Batherson? Uh, I believe so. His name's Drake? Yes. I believe so.
0: Yeah, he's not cool enough for a Drake. Like if you look at him, he's not uh, <laughs> cool enough to pull off a Drake. But
1: good player though, good player. You got player. a thirty
0: million dollar contract. You're cool enough in my books. Anyway, he bid uh, yeah. on the the auction for the uh, Tom Brady autographed jersey, and he ended up winning it. So um, anyway, again, great event, uh, great people, a lot of uh, a lot of good um, fundraising connections, all that kind of stuff. It was it was a lot of fun. That was our Friday. You're done. Right on. are done. Uh, Before we get into the Jays, which is going to be in two seconds, college football, I'm not going to go into the scores and all these things. Shout out to Jesse Luchetta, Ottawa's very own, played, you know, outside linebacker, was in that rush end sort of spot, creating havoc, had a one-handed interception, returned for a touchdown. I think he was Defensive Player of the Week in, in maybe all of college football. Anyway, great week. You know, Gators won. That's fantastic. This week, the Gators host. The Alabama Crimson Tide.
1: Ooh, that's going to be a doozy.
0: It is going to be 13 feet
1: versus number one, 13 versus one.
0: uh, I think right now, yeah. I choose the coaches poll to follow because they have Florida ranked higher. They're ninth on the coaches poll. So I choose to go that way. But, yes, we're looking at a 13 and a one. Is Florida ready to compete with Alabama? I don't think so. Alabama made some mistakes uh, in this last week's game, too, which wasn't great competition. But if they keep making those and we can exploit them, great. But I just want to take a quick second. I'm going to talk right into the camera. If Christian Couture is watching this, which he will be.
1: And you know he will be.
0: He's an Alabama fan. A recent Alabama fan, might, I'll, I'll add. He's, a, he's not a bandwagon jumper. But whatever. He loves Alabama. I'm going to put out a bet to you that if Alabama beats Florida – it's expected, but if they do, I got a hat for you here. Okay, one of the 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 UC hats here that I'll give you And exchange because I know you're an honest guy. We're gonna do it this way. If Florida happens to beat Alabama, because there should be some uh, some uh, uh, what do you call it uh, skin in the game, I guess, because they're favored by a lot. Every time you say roll tide. Between now and next season, you owe me 20 bucks if Florida wins. And that's anywhere to anybody. You throw out roll tide to anywhere, anybody. You track that, that's 20 bucks every single time. It could be zero. I, I could get nothing for Florida winning. I don't believe you have it in you to, to not roll tide. Anyway, Whoa. that's the bet I'm throwing out there. This is pre recorded. So if you're commenting on it, I can't see it, but I will see it eventually. Um, anyway, that's my, uh, my thing. Cause I got to do something either way. I think Alabama is likely going to win. They look extremely talented and deep, but it's in the swamp and you never know what's going to happen. Let's see what Dan right. Mullen does. You never know. Student
1: body comes out with all their pots and pans and horns and everything. And, uh, the Gators chomp and the players start going all berserk and you never know. You never know. Adrenaline kicks in a couple uh-huh. of mistakes
0: Throw that Tom yep. Petty song after the third. Won't back down.
1: Won't back down. It gets me It gets me hyped up. You know, hey, you just get the goosebumps and the players come out and, you know, the guys are raging. Two hundred thirty pounds of pure muscle coming out there with
0: their tight shirts and everything. This took a, <laughs> this took a, a wow. This really got off got off the tracks pretty quick. Are they
1: wearing their, uh, are they wearing the the nine eleven helmet? Did I see that on? They did
0: uh, this last weekend. They did. They did. Florida okay. had one, uh, a few, a uh, variety good. of teams had it. So g- the Gators had their normal cursive Gators on the helmet, but instead of it being orange, it was on a white helmet. Instead of it being nice. orange, it was like, uh, you know, the, the American blue flag. with the stars and the, yeah, the stripes on it. Um, Very cool. I have to go and Google. Apparently Boston College had a real nice one too. So uh, the mm. story of that, the, the red bandana, the guy with the red bandana that is mm-hmm. always shared at uh, this time of year, I guess he was a Boston College lacrosse, lacrosse player. And so mm-hmm. I think the Boston College players, like the numbers were all done to, to look like a red bandana or something. Anyway, mm-hmm. I heard that uh, today, actually, from uh, my trainer, Pat Woodcock. And uh, yeah. I got to see, uh, I got to Google that and find out where and, uh, and what it looks like. But again, some real cool tributes uh, on, a, on a day that, uh, you know, not unless you weren't born yet it's something that really sticks with you. And there's a Netflix mm-hmm. series too that's on right now that has uh, some 9/11 stuff and it's I mean it's all about that that time and it's just it's goosebumpy when you go back and sort of it's almost like reliving it. And yeah. I still remember being in my basement watching what I thought was sports center then flipped to this and it was an accident and then you almost watch it live the second one go into the north tower. And then I remember, you know, four or five hours later, I'm getting tape in Ottawa U for a practice going like, what are we doing? Why am I at practice right now? Mm. This is so many, there's a bigger thing happening right now. I don't need to be here at practice. Mm. Anyway.
1: Yeah, it was a crazy day. And uh, there's a, there's a, I mean, I don't know what more they can launch in terms of like footage of it you know you can go to youtube and pretty much see anything anytime uh you know there's a million and one documentaries of you know people that were in the building who survived and yeah it's uh there's wild stuff i mean i'm not sure what more a documentary could provide unless it's like following the 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 footsteps of one person like it's 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 there's enough it's enough i've seen enough i can't i get i cringe when i see the, the second plane and it's it's oh it's cringeworthy for sure but you know, we just have to be vigilant still, eh? Like it's uh, 20 years later. I don't know if we've learned a whole ton, but we should probably stick to sports. But anyway, I, you know, that's, a, that's for another day.
0: All right, sports it is. Okay, okay, Blue Jays, Blue Jays, let's, let's, let's play ball. The Toronto Blue Jays are mm-hmm. on a tear. Mm-hmm. They are 12 of the last they 13, are. I think. And yep. uh, they're scoring on average some ridiculous amount of points. They scored more points in the game against uh, Baltimore than like thirteen or fourteen NFL teams put up in week one. <sighs> that
1: manager really lit a fire under the Jays uh, in that first game when they when the Jays lost six to three. Robbie Ray was on the mound. And some of those Baltimore Orioles guys were yelling on delay when he was about to throw a slider, and raised like, "Hey, listen, I throw this slider all year. Not, uh, you know, I don't see half the half the players swinging at it. There's something fishy going on." He looks over the dugout, and then the Orioles manager gets real chirpy, like, "Get back on the mound. We're not saying anything. Blah blah blah. Bleep bleep." And oh yeah, and then so they lose the game, but that lit a fire, I think, under the Jays, and ever since it's been like. It scored 52 runs in four games, which is an average of 13 runs a game. Crazy. Crazy stuff. Plus, people forget. They swept the Yankees right before that. So they're playing incredible I didn't baseball. You know, incredible baseball is what they're playing right
0: now. And, uh,
1: and you know, a st- the lineup.
0: statement game. Last night was a statement yeah. game. The first Last game was against the Tampa Bay Rays. Number I- one team. They're called some other things, too, sometimes in private chats. But the Tampa <laughs> Bay Rays. <laughs> Oops. Came into town, and that's a huge series considering they're first in the American League, and the Jays destroyed them.
1: Out of all the wins over the – I mean, they those wins in New York were pretty impressive, but New York plays awful defense. So I'm going to chalk that up to, like, New York just not playing good baseball. But of all the wins recently, last night was the most impressive. Eight to one against the team that's leading your division that still has something to play for because they're only six up on the Jays. Maybe it might be five up now.
0: I got eight uh, you know, right now. Is that possible?
1: Eight games up on the Jays?
0: The Jays? Okay, so it says games back. The Jays are the first wild card right now. They're they're one yeah. game up on the Yankees, and it says yeah. eight games back. So I'm assuming that's the Rays. Uh, that's possible. It's possible. They're, they're within striking. If they
1: Sorry, if they sweep the Rays, they'll be six games back. That's what I had read. Okay, sorry. that
0: makes more sense. So,
1: yeah. So basically, uh, you know, they, the Jays have leapfrogged if we like two weeks ago we were talking about how far back they were from everybody. They had to leapfrog Mar- the Mariners, the A's, uh, the Sox and the Yanks. And now they've leapfrogged them all. And uh where they're sitting right now, I think it's a testament to not only that well, they their starting pitching has been really good, but it's it's the rest of the lineup. Because we know we know what they're gonna get from Bo, and we know what they're gonna get from Vladdy. Vladdy now leads the majors in home runs with 45. Simeon has, has got thirty nine. He's he's fourth on the list of home uh, home runs in the league. Fourth, so we know what they're getting from the top four: Springer, Simeon, Bo, and Guerrero. It's the rest of the lineup that is on fire. Guriel, Hernandez, Grichik has been hitting well. Danny Jansen's got the stick, and you know the unsung hero Brock has been this kid Bravik Valera playing third. He's a switch hitter. Mm-hmm. He's had some gigantic hits the last couple of days. Now, mind you, they're up by five, up by six. They haven't been like, you know, game winning hits, but they're still big hits. And like producer Mike had said in our chat yesterday, they're not like squib, squibblers or anything. like they're getting good wood, hard hits out to the outfield. Good wood.
0: <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, hey, I really like that kid. You haven't said anything about Kirk. I thought Kirk has been hitting timely hits as well for. You know again I wasn't overly confident on him but he's turned it up as well. Now, you know, he's not stealing any bases or whatever, but he's he's hitting when he needs to hit and he was well, responsible listen. for a couple of those wins, like clutch clutch hitting. Yep.
1: Before Vladdy hit that crazy home run last night, the one that's off uh, like basically like it was a closed line. Unreal. It was crazy how hard he how hard he hit it. And if you uh, did you see Charlie Montoya uh, the post game when he was trying to explain it? No, He was just like, I've never, he, he was, you know, he's, you know, he's a very jovial guy to begin with, but he's just like, I've never seen a guy hit a 97 mile an hour fastball running into him and turn on it and hit it like that. He goes, I've never seen that in my entire life. It's, that's an incredible feat. I've never seen it. And he's like, but that's Vladdy. Every time he comes to the, every day at the park, he does something I've never seen. So a really cool moment. Uh But yeah, like, I mean, Kirk hit, Prior to that home run, Kirk had hit two balls that were like 105, 107 miles per hour exit velocity. I mean, he he's getting good wood on the ball. I mean, short and compact, so it's no, not surprising. But Danny Jansen has stepped up. I mean, they finally have some some stuff going on at the bottom of that lineup that's turning the lineup over and bringing the big boys up with guys on base. I mean, uh, uh, Guriel has four grand slams this year. Did you know that? Four. Well,
0: I did because I watched the game last
1: night. Yeah, I mean that's out of nowhere, but that's you know that's what you get when you have such a deep lineup and you got guys on base and uh, they're figuring it out. Look, and if you before
0: throw- you had this thing you're posing, you're saying which one would be out, giving the um, the moves we were trying to make and where the Jays were going, and it was a Guriel versus Tosker debate.
1: I can't believe you're doing this to me.
0: And you had uh, chosen Guriel and. I thought Teoscar. And, again, it seems like it's six and one half a dozen the other because they're both playing very well. Teoscar goes five for five last night. I think, is it he who has the highest uh, uh, average with runners on base?
1: Yep. And yeah. he's hitting 310 now.
0: Which is insane. Yeah. so he's, getting the, he's learning how to hit. I mean, again, this isn't a clear-cut answer. Are you still sticking with your... Guriel, you think? Or would you take Teoscar with it? If we had to move forward and say, you know what, we got to give one up in order to get a piece we're missing.
1: Well, I, actually, the way Teoscar is playing with the way he's going op- opposite field, I mean, it'd be, oh, man, that's impossible. That's an impossible question. We're going to have to do something because uh, Ray is going to command a ton of money. Simeon's going to command a ton of money. Something's got to give. Uh, I would go with Guriel only because he's, uh, I think he will have a longer career when it comes to like staying injury free T. Oscar's a little stiff and he's already dealt with some leg injuries uh, earlier on. It just seems a little tighter. I, I don't know. I, I would go with Guriel now okay. again. This look, I, I'm fickle. Like we're like any fan when your team's, you know, hovering around 500 and they're supposed to be super talented and they're not, they're underachieving. You get frustrated. You want to, you want to pull the trigger. I'm glad they didn't. I'm glad I'm not the GM because they stuck with it. These guys came out of their slumps. Well, I wouldn't even call it slumps. They just, I think they were underachieving overall. And they're, now they're on a tear. And they're, what, 18 games over 500? So I'm happy that it's working out. There's still a lot of work to do. I hate the fact that even if they do make the playoffs as a wild card, they got to play a one-in. I hate that. I just hate that. At least make it best of three. Yeah, exactly. There's you know, no reason for oh, it
0: to be a one-in.
1: No. What are you rewarding? You're you're gonna punish a team who came out of nowhere, finished first in the wild card or whatever you want to call it, only to have them play a one and done. And what if they have a bad night? Or what if they're facing like a, a fireballer who just happens to be streaking? Like
0: Well, the I other thing know, too I, is yeah. generally when those guys are trying to make that last push to get in, they're sending like they're sending everything out. Say, you know what, yep. use whoever we gotta do, we gotta get to the next game. They always do that. Yep. And then when it gets to the one and done, you're like, Well, we've just pitched our four best pitchers. Now we're just going to use whatever just to get there. And that's not fair for anybody. And it's a quick turnaround. It's like the next night, usually like there's no rest time or anything. So if you're going to do one and done, then you kind of have your best versus best, you know, maybe, but otherwise it makes no sense, especially in baseball, especially with the, Uh, You know, the fact that your aces can't go every single game, your Mm -hmm. closers can't be at the top of their game every single game. Like, it's just, it makes no sense from an actual sport philosophy to say we're going to do a one and done. No sense. Yep.
1: Yep, yeah, agreed. And it's like it's, I don't know. I it, plus you're, if if it's all about fans and you know drawing money and uh, and whatnot, you telling me you're not going to sell out two home games if you're if you're if the Jays are hosting or if I don't know uh, the Red Sox are hosting? Like, I mean, you're going to get if you're if it's Boston, you could charge double and they're still going to fill up the, the stands. So you know, you talk about revenue and opportunity for more revenue. What's one extra game? They don't take days off anyway, So what's the difference?
0: No, exactly. It would be yeah. even more enticing to have. A three-game series, or best the three yeah. at least. Then totally would be to
1: anyway, totally. So anyway, I'm excited about it. The Jays are starting pitching. They're going to end up, you know, if they do end up in a, in a playoff series, where they're going to have, you know, their top four is probably the best in the in the majors. Their top four, I'll put them up against anybody. And you know, a good example of teams who just overspend on free agents and it doesn't work out the Dodgers definitely aren't because they're they're seem to be rolling all the time but the San Diego Padres were supposed to be a team this year to be reckoned with and they're sitting three or four games over 500 they spent a ton of money on Yu Darvish and you know they they brought in some big names spent a, a boatload of cash and uh here they are like as on the outside looking in unlikely they'll make the playoffs So I like the fact that the Jays uh, spent their money well, you know, one year, 18 for Simeon. He's going to cost somebody some money next year, but they spent their money wisely. And I think Atkins and Shapiro don't get half the credit they deserve. Um, they, they've they done well with this team. It's they're well-constructed and bear like I Barrios is, is signed for next year. He's under team control. I mean, I'm, mean, they're going to pay Ray. Ray's going to want to stay. He's got a relationship with Pete Walker. He's pitched his best baseball with Pete Walker, with the Jays. He's going to stay. Unless Pete Walker takes a job somewhere else, which I highly doubt. I mean, I just, the Jays are set up for next year and beyond. And I don't think uh, Atkins and Shapiro get the credit they deserve. I don't know what you think about that.
0: Yeah, no. uh, What I would have liked to have seen, and I don't know if it's even something they do, but like when you take chances on guys like a Simeon, you know, where you say it's a one year, you know, that's your limiting exposure. But could there not have been like a club option type thing for baseball to say, you know what, we're going to bring you in for the one in 18. You know, we have an option to say we want to keep you at, you know, and you raise it a bit, you know, maybe it's 20 or something for the next year or whatever, just so you kind of have it. Because if you're taking a chance on him, all you're doing is setting up yourself to say, if he really pays off, which is what we want, then we we're going to have to... Him we just showcased him. We helped him get his career back. And then we're going to have to either shell out through the nose to keep him, or we're going to lose mm-hmm. him. And now he's this confident, you know, all-star again, got his uh, his groove back. And now he's sure getting did. a ton of money somewhere else where you say, you know what? Yeah, here's the one we have an option for a second. It's not a two-year lockdown. You want to go somewhere else or whatever it is, or it's not working out. We can kind of do it, but it's there something mm-hmm. to say, you know what? We're going to give you that opportunity, but if you explode, we're getting you for a second year at whatever. Anyway, I don't know. That's yeah, you
1: know, it's a bad concept. I would have liked them to 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 sign him for two years, but you know it is what it is. They offered him an extension; he declined it. Oh, uh, I think it was a couple a couple weeks ago. Oh, that was that was a news report. Now he declined it. Maybe there's it not enough money. Maybe maybe he he has his own precedent where it's like I don't negotiate during season. Like, you know, who knows, right? Who knows what, what goes on, but um, whether he comes back or not, you know, you got guys ready to step up. I don't think you're going to get 30 homers from Biggio, but there are guys that, that are there, and Simeon was brought in to mentor some of these guys. Uh, it's going to be interesting next year, but right now, they got to roll with it. Let's go, let's go, let's go. I'm excited. Their defense has uh, stepped up. That's a little hammer time. I love the horn. And, you know, they're playing good defense, which is which was a problem earlier in the year, so they've seemed to have tightened that up. Bo is creating uh, a lot more excitement at shortstop. He, he had a tough start to the year at shortstop, but would you agree?
0: Yeah, I mean, but, but he came in with a lot of expectations, right? You have your first year and you sort of go off the way you did, you know, yeah, really quality sort of glove mm-hmm. and and. You know, just people expect a lot. So when you come in, you want to live up to those expectations. Sometimes you're trying to do too much. You're trying to hurry the thing. Mm-hmm. You know, I think it's just a, it was a sign of his youth more than anything. And, you know, now he's kind of settled into to the player that he really is. And I think this yep. has been, you know, great. Obviously, a guy like Simeon has been, you know, great for him. You know, also some of the guys, they, they mix in. And the infield that I think has helped a lot now there's a bit more of stability at third.
1: Jake Lamb picking up Jake Lamb, a former All Star, 2017 All Star, was a really good pickup. Corey Dickerson steps in there and plays the field, left handed bat. I mean, mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, kudos to Atkins. All they gave up was yeah, really,
0: really, really, really impressive what they've been doing.
1: Yeah, and Jared Dyson picking up Jared Dyson. All they really gave up was Joe Panic and a, and some a couple of minor league pitchers. Of course, they gave up Austin Martin and uh, Simeon Woods Richardson for Barrios, but Barrios under team control. I mean, you got to give to get, right? That, and give that to get.
0: I mean, you're you're giving uncertainty to get certainty. Absolutely. in a lot of stuff and so yeah. really in in the game of life, if I said here's, you know, a certain amount of money versus like a chance on something else, generally speaking you're going to take the certainty and you know, you know that's a risky run
1: and their bullpen has been uh they're set up now they brought they brought up Ryan Barucki again so another so that, lefty to go with Meza which is a good balance uh Julian Mayweather Maryweather sorry is off the uh, off the DL uh they got their closer in Romano and Joaquin Soria who they picked up from the from the Diamondbacks plus some of the guys that they've been throwing out there i mean they're i'm i'm this is a good team <laughs>
0: a good team the arms are are very uh contrasting if you will and that's where Trevor i think Richard. is is really yes. good of how they use it and i'm yes. excited to see them kind of all in that rotation where you're you know you're bringing out merriweather throwing 102 whatever it is and you got other guys brecky coming from simber. a different angle simber from yeah. that under like it's just it's a lot of stuff that you just can't I don't know. It's, it's going to be tough for batters to prepare for and to get used to. And if they're in for such a short amount of time, these guys other than the starters are only in for an inning or two. So you only get to see them once. And by that time it's too late. It's right from the, from the Tampa
1: Bay playbook. This is exactly what the Rays do. They got pictures of with funky deliveries and uh, off-speed stuff or fireballers. They just throw everything at you. This is a good, it's a good team, good setup. So I'm uh, quite excited, but anyway, uh, Game two tonight at 7.07, I believe. Um, So I'll be catching the first bit of that before I got to run off, but exciting stuff. Let's get to the NFL. Do we have any NFL... love that song
0: i love um, seeing that your little picture in the background where you would start to saying do we have any and then it comes on and you're like yeah, "Okay, I guess, I guess we do guess we do uh
1: before we get into like what w- week one was very actually quite interesting some some pretty cool games uh i've got a couple of hot takes but i just want to talk about we'll just start off with the bills and Steelers, like because let's just get that out of the way and um the, the bills played good football the bills should have won that game. I think the bills shot themselves in the foot with some a couple of questionable I would not the fact that they went out went forward on fourth and short but what they called I mean uh, um, Josh Allen was running for at least a couple of yards every time he scrambled at, at the very least a yard or two and then you run you throw like a fire pass six yards six yards deep in the backfield on a fourth and short. I mean, I get trying, they were trying for a big play. Cameron Sutton read it right from the beginning, and boom, momentum switches. It just, Buffalo really shot themselves in the foot. I also think they're not as good at wide receiver as they think they are. Uh, you know, Stephon Diggs is was targeted. I think he had nine catches, but he was targeted like 16 times. Emmanuel Sanders is old. He, if he's your number two, you've got problems. I mean, he's been in the league for a long time. He's had some injury issues. He's not very big. He's about the size of Antonio Brown. So Gabe Davis is really your number two. Cole Beasley had some drops. He's had a, a weird off season. And Brock, you and I talked about this what two weeks ago, three weeks ago, the last time we were on air. And I said to you, if the Bills lose, lose the first game, yep. go one and one, one and two, the, the first three games, all of a sudden all that all that momentum from 2020 right down the toilet. And guess what? They're on the road against Miami this week. That's an early big game.
0: <sighs> yeah. I mean, we've talked about it. I'm, you know, so Josh Allen, you know, I said, look, I still haven't been sold on the kid. He's not going to have the year he had last year. That was my opinion. This is week one. That's it. I am completely understanding that I could be wrong and hopefully I am wrong. Hopefully he has a great season. But week one, if there's any indication of where that's going, I mean, he's 30 for 51 attempts for 270 wow. yards.
1: That's Brian Dable. What what are they doing on <clears> offense? <throat> run the ball. They did not even attempt to run the ball. Not that the Steelers were giving them a lot to run on, but the Steelers were in their uh, base 3-2 all that's game. It.
0: There was like, no – they were getting pressure without actually creating – or mismatches or outnumbering no. the blocking scheme, and they Nothing were getting complex. pressure. So no. the Bills, one out of ten, the Bills have never been a great straight running back run team. And when I say never, I mean since like Thurman Thomas Marshawn Lynch, whatever. Maybe. maybe Marshawn Lynch for a bit. Um, but on a consistent basis, they've had some struggles. What opens up lanes and the opportunity to run the ball with a little bit more ease is having a guy like Josh Allen at the helm who can move with his feet in terms of either his runs, uh, his out of pocket, uh, you know, you hand the ball off and you're whipping around the other side, something that, that brings a bit of attention from a linebackers uh, point of view away. Um, You know, they, they have to account for you. And I don't think he did that. He ran nine times for 44 yards. His longest was 11 yards. That's not good enough in a Josh Allen offense. Mm -hmm. And like you said, his receiving core is not good enough. It's not a Tom Brady dropping back and saying, I got five guys to choose from or Kansas City or even the Browns or uh, even uh, what Stafford has in L.A. You know what I mean? Like He just doesn't have that plethora of weapons to throw to. So he can't do that. He's got to account for more of the offense. And I think, I mean, that's what they're paying you for. So the offensive coordinator has to start using Josh Allen for the attributes that he brings, and that is his lower body as much as anything else. So they got to start to incorporate him a lot more because it really wasn't a good offensive performance by the Bills.
1: Uh, Scheme-wise, it certainly wasn't. And I'm a Steelers fan, so I was happy to see that, but I didn't think Buffalo came out there and put their best foot forward. Uh, I also think... On the flip side, you got to give Pittsburgh some credit. I mean, they came out and you know uh, showcased every single change that they made, uh, every single personnel change that they made. Stepped up, Melvin Ingram is going to have a huge season. He's fit. I mean, he, this guy had no less than eight sacks for nine consecutive years. No less than that means he had double digit sacks for a few of those years with with uh, at the time San Diego, and um, he's fit. He's healthy. And he he was, I mean, he was on the field probably more than Alex Highsmith was. So between him and TJ Watt, who people were saying, you know, and and yourself, and I don't I don't necessarily disagree with you, but you know, you said he was overpaid. Well, you know what? I think everybody who makes a hundred million for four years is overpaid, but he, you know, he is a defensive uh he's chaos, he's a wrecking ball. You know, he two, had two sacks, sacks one's a strip sack. Fumble, yeah. Forced, but there was so much more that he did, right? Like he, they played a middle linebacker a little bit. So he was rushing from the middle. He was dropping back. I mean, he does it all. He's put on about 20 pounds of muscle. And he came out this week and said, you know what? I, I took less money because this, is, this organization means a lot to me, blah, blah, blah. But he goes out and he proves it. And he doesn't say a lot. You know, he does his little dance when he makes a sack. But for the most part, he just goes out and does his job. And then, you know, the Cam Haywards and they picked up Joe Schobert, who stepped up that offensive line with Trey Turner. It was exceptional. I mean, Big Ben had really didn't have a lot of pressure on him. Again, that's a scheme thing sometimes, but I didn't I didn't see a ton of pressure on Big Ben. I I, I, I like Pittsburgh. Their offense is weak. Hmm. Their offense is quite weak. I think their wide receivers are well overrated. Deontay Johnson is not Antonio Brown. Uh, Claypool gets his gets in his own head. He's going to cost us some big penalties. I think over the course of the year, he gets too rowdy. And yeah, I mean, I, I'm not a, I'm not a fan of his attitude. I'm a fan of his talent, but uh, he needs to just tone it down here. And I think Tomlin needs to step up and say, Hey, listen, young man. <laughs> okay. If you make a 10 yard outplay that don't, there's no need to, you know, rub it in the cornerback's face, get back to the huddle. So, uh, you know, there's going to be some issues, growing pains, if you will. But the defense, if you took the defense in fantasy like you said you did, I I mean, Pittsburgh's defense, that secondary James Pierre and Cam Sutton and uh, uh, Justin Lane and all these guys stepping up, Minka Fitzpatrick was all over the
0: place. (sighs) That AFC North, Brock, is going to be hell. It actually looks like quite the division after week one, given that the Bengals had beat the Vikings And uh, the Browns, what they look like Even though they lost the KC Browns look good Pretty good Yeah And, you know, the Ravens We'll see what the Ravens end up The Ravens are just decimated by injuries It's a good team But, yeah, I mean, that's still The product they put on the field last night Was an exciting one Uh, Let's not forget Joe Hayden with Pittsburgh There's a Florida connection there If you don't have a Florida connection I'm not taking you But he's in there
1: He is in there for sure they, um, I, I did want to talk a little bit about the, I had three games highlighted. The other one was the Chiefs and, and Browns. And, you know, the Browns went into halftime with a lot of momentum. And the Chiefs just came out and uh, did what the Chiefs do, which is throw the ball over the field and and make a couple of big splash plays on defense. Because their defense isn't, isn't that good. They got Chris Jones on the line. And the rest of their team, the linebacking core is uh, not strong. They didn't have Teron Matthew out there. I, 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 the Chiefs are vulnerable on the defensive end. But the Browns look good, man. And Odell Beckham didn't play. I thought that they were better, they're better balanced without him.
0: Yeah, we talked about that just from an attitude standpoint, a morale standpoint, a locker room yeah. standpoint. I think that, you know, unless he's made some big strides personally and mm-hmm. attitude wise in the offseason, I just don't think he brings enough to the table to disrupt what Cleveland's been working towards. That being said, maybe he has but maybe those conversations have, have been had maybe he does have the realization that look that's a good team without me they don't need me anymore i need them more than they need me yep. so it's time for me to buy in and i could be part of this great thing in which case yeah i mean and joku was their leading rec- their leading receiver yards wise landry had five targets but i mean the, you go down the line and it's you know a couple running backs you know Schwartz is a new guy hooper is another tight end like there's a spot for OBJ to make a splash with this team if he comes in with the right mindset.
1: Yeah, and the big question with him is if he's healthy. I mean, it's still, still that li- same lingering knee issue. I mean, that's a, we're going on a calendar year now, so we'll see what happens with OBJ. But, you know, I thought the Browns came out and made a statement in the first couple of drives, and they went up early. When, Like I said, they were up at halftime, and uh, that's a good little team, and they do football the right way. They play football the way I'd love to my Steelers to play football, which is line up. You got Austin Hooper and you got Njoku. You line up with that phenomenal offensive line they have. They pull their guards, they get movement, and then they got the right runners, you know, with Chubb and, and Kareem Hunt. Just it's a good football team. Um that that played a really good football team. And Cleveland's gonna be a problem.
0: Look, how do you contain or minimize Tyreek Hill? He went for 197 on 11 catches. It seems like every time Mahomes had any sort of issues, he's throwing the ball up into these spots and, and Hill's just there. Mm-hmm. Like, how do you, how do you stop this kid?
1: You can't, you can't double team him because he's too small. Like he'll, he'll run by you. So, uh, you know, I, I don't know how you, I don't know how you do it. He's a small target. So it's not like Mahomes is throwing to Gronk Gronkowski. There's, there's, I think the, we, we have to share the, uh, share the wealth when it comes to the accolades, Mahomes has to throw to that little target running really, really fast. Really, that's hard to do. The catch radius for this guy is like very short, very small. He's not a huge great leaper. So I mean, I, I give Mahomes as much credit as I give Hill when it comes to f- finding him on the field. But the guy's a scat. The guy's a little jitterbug. Like I, he's incredible.
0: Like yeah, incredible. his Catch radius isn't as big as Gronk and stuff. But the thing is, Mahomes is not throwing at Tyreek Hill, he's throwing at that open spot in the middle of the defense, and he's putting in there, and this kid is fast enough to get over there and be there before the ball hits the ground. Yeah. So it's not even getting in a lot of tight holes. It's literally just throwing to a spot and he him out racing anybody to get there. And that's what's the impressive part. And I just don't know, like you said, it's you can't double team from a straight man. You need mm-hmm. to have, you know, levels to sort of be watching him. And then once Mahomes is out of the pocket, that's all out the window.
1: And and then you throw in the fact that Andy Reid schemes so well, right? They 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 scheme their opponents so well. They they study. And you when you've got a guy like Kelsey and Hardman and all these other guys in, in the backfield and they flood the zone and that opens up the one side of the field for like I mean they just they just know what they're doing. It's I mean we watch it on TV, it looks effortless. We just think they're playing pitch and catch. They're not they're not these this is all design stuff they know exactly what they're doing they know exactly what they're gonna get and uh, you know when when it ta- when Mahomes does have to improvise he's really impressive he's able to do it but for the most part when we see Tyree kill get open in a, in a, on a post route or a corner and he looks like how did he get there I mean it's all by design I mean they got guys running specific routes to clear out for him I mean it's incredible stuff it's incredible stuff he's he's uh an absolute joy to watch he's so fun to watch I like watching the Chiefs I'm, they're fun to watch.
0: They are fun to watch. I'm yeah. not a big Tyreek Hill fan, just like as a person. The
1: person wasn't he in trouble <clears throat> a couple of years ago? Or a year yeah, ago? there's himself from some hot water,
0: assault of some sort, and whatever. Plus, okay. I have a again six degrees of separation. There's a couple degrees. One of the guys I went to Colgate with, who's a uh, a lawyer, but also a representative of a bunch of football players and sort of an mm-hmm. agency that does it. He they used to represent him for a while and uh, he doesn't speak very highly of him whatsoever. Um, nice. And so I'll take his uh, character assessment uh, above anybody else's at this point. Sure. Um, anyway. So uh, yeah, great player. Uh, just we'll see what he is off the ice, off the field. What, uh, so you had a third game you wanted to I, talk yeah, about? I
1: had, so I had, I had those three, I had Buffalo and uh, obviously Buffalo and Pittsburgh. And I had the Browns and chiefs and I had the Cardinals Titans as my third game to sort of highlight. And, you know, I think the final score was 38-13 for Arizona. I think I think this was a style matchup that didn't f- bode well for Tennessee. I think you know um, Tennessee's defense is not very strong. It was their, it was their Achilles heel last year. Uh, I think they couldn't get any pressure on the quarterback and their secondary, which is decent, just was, was under too much pressure all the time. And uh, but I mean, Arizona was impressive, you know and Chandler Jones had five sacks. T- uh, J.J. Watt was on the other side of them. Yeah, man. I mean, Tyler Luan stepped up, and you know he was—he took his full bl-
0: his comment was, that he made again is another reason why I love this guy
1: mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm.
0: because he doesn't throw up excuses. He doesn't throw up anything. Like you said, Chandler Jones had five sacks. You know, mm-hmm. I don't know if they all came against uh, Luan, but he wrote that he got his ass Butt kicked kick. today. Yeah. No way around that. I let the team and the fans down. Thank you, Chandler Jones, for exposing me. It'll only force me mm-hmm. to get better. That's the kind of competitor that I want on my mm-hmm. offensive line. You know, this guy just came back from, this is his first game back from being a year-ending uh, a, a year ending injury last year, mm-hmm. season-ending injury. So the fact that he comes back and he's, you know, going against one of the best in the game, you know, is uh, one of a testament to his, his treatment and everything, that he's back out there. But... You know, there's a lot of rust, and that he's admitting that, and he's going to be, you know, working to come back. Anyway, I I wore this because I, again, it was, yeah, he got beat for five tack for five sacks. It is what it is, mm-hmm. you know. But the way he approaches it and understands it and is going to treat it as a learning, um, a learning tool and something to maybe fire him up moving forward. That's the kind of way that you need to approach things.
1: Yep. Yep, and I, like I say, you know, that was, uh, I, for him, I don't know, like, you know, Arizona plays a different style of defense, and it just, the, the, the matchup, the style didn't work. It's, that's, not a, that's not a great matchup for Tennessee, and I think, again, for the most part, I'll say this as a general statement, I think week one is not indicative of some of these teams. Like, we're not, we'll are not, we get into the Packers and Saints in a minute, but like, Ugh. you know, yeah, it was gross, but we're not going to see that every week from Green, Green Bay. It's just some styles, some matchups just don't work well for teams, and I think that's one of them. I do think Tennessee, though. I'm not a big fan of Mike Vrabel coming out. I know I saw the Julio Jones penalty where he, you know, he caused the team. It was a big penalty. I mean, he's he's brand new on your team. Don't call him out in the media after week one and and embarrass the guy. He's you know this is this guy's got an ego. He's he's like I think second all time in Atlanta history in catches. Like you don't call him out like that. He's just trying to make a statement. He's trying to get himself amped up he's new on your team. You, you don't do that. And I know you're frustrated because you're losing and all that stuff, but you get really got to like that stuff. That's the kind of stuff that's not going to bode well for a guy like Julio, Julio Jones to come out and play hard for you when you embarrass him in the media. So, uh,
0: and that's weird coming from Vrabel, who's sort of like generally a man's man too. Right. So yeah. if you got something to say to Julio, you go and say it to Julio. You don't Absolutely. need to say it through the media. Yeah. And I think, yeah, he should understand that, and he would probably like to be treated that same way.
1: For sure. Well, you right now you got a team that's got a, a you got a pedestrian quarterback who is a good good game manager. I like I like Tannehill. You got an offense that was predicated on run first, run first, run first. And now you've got Julio Jones to take some of those carries a, away from uh, from Derrick Henry potentially. I don't think Henry's going to be a, make a big fuss of it. But, like, you just, yeah, I don't know. I, I, don't know how, I don't know how those pieces fit. It's going to be interesting in Tennessee because there was one team I thought that was going to run away with that division, and now I'm not. Well, I'm still thinking. Again,
0: it's week one. I think yeah, this it's is week one. Sometimes these wake-up calls is what they need. And from a guy like yeah. Luan, who's a leader on the team, you know, Julio getting called out, all that kind of stuff, these guys are, yeah. you know, perennial pro bowlers for a reason. They're not going to pack it up and say we're not ready to go. They're going to make some changes and i think that yep. you know they'll be fine
1: 100 um i'm gonna fire through a couple of games here because there's really not a lot to talk about uh, the chargers beat uh, the washington football team 2016 uh fitzpatrick's out for eight to ten weeks potentially yeah. for the season a subluxated hip that's really painful uh it's tyler taylor tyler heineke Heineke heineken
0: taylor uh-huh. heineke Hanna, Hanna, not gonna have a job. Uh, soon. Hanna, yeah, okay, you're, done. A, you're done. you
1: <laughs> So that's gonna be a t- that's gonna be a tough tough sledding for a Washington football team that played in a stadium that had their um, yeah, like a, a waste pipe blow up oh. uh, and a leak on some of the fans. So great job, Washington, Dan Snyder. Um, Seattle beat the Colts 28-16. Seattle again. That to call them a sleeper is just stupid, but they are. No one's talking about them and. They are going to be in the mix when this is all said and done. And, uh, you know, the Colts just, uh, I don't think they have the quarterback play. I really think they've taken a step back with Carson Wentz.
0: Yeah, uh, Whatever. I agree. I'm just looking at the injuries here to see, like, it doesn't say if Fitzpatrick is out for the whole year or not. Um, but there's, They're still waiting to see, but they said eight weeks. So <laughs> There are some big injuries this week. Raheem
1: Mostert. Out for the year.
0: Raheem Mostert out for the year. Uh yeah. Dre Greenlaw uh Greenlaw was out with the groin. Jerry Judy was carted off the field with a high ankle sprain. Yeah. He's out six to eight weeks. Yeah. Um uh well that cornerback for the the Lions. I don't know if you saw that meme or whatever, where he was getting like yelled torn. at by his coach. Yelled at, yeah, and then he ends up uh uh hurting his I think his ACL or Achilles thing, and he's out for the season yeah. now. Yeah. Um Uh, The Chargers, I mean, you lose Brian Bulaga to a back. He exited and didn't come back. That's, you know, a very big key for your offensive line right there. For sure. Um, You know, Jason Peters, same for the Bears. He went out with a quad. Anyway, it's just, yeah. I I don't know if it's that weird year or whatever it happens to be, but we saw a lot in the CFL team. Half the Ravens.
1: Half the Ravens are. Well, this is, yeah, this is injuries after week one. But. Yeah,
0: they lost it all in camp. How many backs did Crazy. they lose? All their
1: backs, all of them. Yeah. Justice Hill and uh, and, Gus, JK uh, Gus Dobbins Edmunds, and Gus Edwards and Gus Edwards all out for the year. You know, I you know it's it's going to be very interesting. But uh, a game that I watched a little bit of was the Vikings and Bengals, and you know it was twenty seven twenty four overtime game. Uh, the Bengals are definitely improved. I, I, they, I, I did see some of the, some of the uh, cracks in their offensive armor when it comes to their line. Their, their O-line is definitely not the strongest suit, but they we did just enough. I'm surprised the Vikings. I mean, again, it's a, it's a it's week one. It's a road game. Uh, I thought the Vikings were kind of like... I'm not sure if they've tuned out Mike Zimmer. I, I don't know if Mike Zimmer's the guy. I, I really like Mike Zimmer as a coach, but I think, I think his, uh, his approach has grown thin In Minnesota, I'm not sure. There's too much talent there for them to be, you know, not make the playoffs this year and to come out sort of flat like they did today, uh, yesterday. So, or sorry, Sunday 49ers and lions. That was a good game. Um, You know, the the 49ers were up, I think it was 41, 28 with like four minutes or five minutes to go. And the lions came back and uh, you know, uh, at least made it a game. Yeah. It was 41, 33. They had the ball, you know, first and goal first and 10. At the 20 with, like, 30 seconds left. So they made it a game. Uh, you know, you can't give up 41 points and expect to win. Not a whole lot left to talk about that game unless you've got anything you want to add to that game. I didn't think uh, either team was super impressive considering the amount of points they scored.
0: No, I mean, it's nice to see, you know, Goff doing fairly well with Detroit. You know, he we went up for 338. Uh, Outside of Hawkinson, touchdowns. I have
1: no idea who's their, who their receivers are.
0: Yeah, well, Swift is see, a running Brown. back. Williams. Saint Brown? Yeah, Saint Brown, Raymond.
1: Cephas? There was a guy named Cephas. He caught the ball. Uh he cut you see him? Is he there on your list? Cephas. Yeah, three
0: for twelve. C
1: E P H U S. Okay. I've never heard of any of these guys. No, like uh... so who's Saint Brown? What's his first name?
0: Am- Amon Ray? A M O N dash R A. I'm in Ray St. Brown.
1: I'm in Ray St. Brown is, I I mean, again, I've I've heard of none of these guys and I'm, I'm one of these personnel junkies. I love to, I love, you know, knowing who's playing on whose team and never heard of any of these guys. He's a wide receiver wearing
0: 72. So fascinating. Yeah. Very interesting.
1: Hawkinson's going to be a stud though. You know, Hawkinson's going to be, if you have Hawkinson in your, in your draft fantasy draft, uh, he's going to be, he's going to get up some points there for you, but. Iowa puts uh, out
0: some good tight ends.
1: Eagles-Falcons. Did you expect the Eagles to come into to Atlanta and, and beat them as handily as they did?
0: No, not whatsoever. Uh, I love is it the, what Eagles the Eagles looking good, or is the Falcons being that bad?
1: I, I'm going to tilt it towards the Eagles looking good. You know, Dallas Goddard and uh, and Ertz are healthy, and I thought they're both on the field a lot at the same time, which I thought was really cool. I, you know, I love the two-tight end set myself. Um, you know, uh, Jalen Hurts, two sixty four, three TDs, something like that. You know, he three had his TDs, own. TDs, yeah. Rushed yeah, seven times for sixty two yards. I mean, he was nice. Devontae Philly, Smith, Heisman Trophy yeah. winner,
0: six for seventy one and a touchdown. Like, you know, he's undersized. He's too skinny. He's whatever. He's making plays.
1: He's making plays. Uh, I don't like what I saw in Atlanta, and I f- I think it's going to be a long year. I think they're going to win two games, three games tops. That is not a good team in Atlanta. It's not a good vibe in Atlanta. I mean, every time I watch a game in Atlanta, in that dome, the lighting is dim, and uh, there's no vibe in that place, man.
0: And it's a shame because college football plays in that dome often. And I think, well, the SEC championship game is there. Uh, Georgia played Clemson there. I think that's where the game was. Uh, And I think Alabama had a game against Miami there as well, the first game of the season. I think it was there. Like... Some big college football there, and the atmosphere seems fine. But
1: it's a big dome; it's a nice dome, like it's beautiful. It's just when Atlanta's there, it just doesn't seem like there's any kind of interest at all. And maybe it's just because they suck. It's very possible. Well,
0: the Matt Ryan effect, um, I think, is starting to run its course. He's got to get out of there. But from a lighting, a lighting from a dome. If uh, what I was really liked was the um, uh, the the Rams the The Rams game. Oh wow! Like just the lighting in the whole stadium just seemed really nice.
1: The Rams, the the Rams slash uh, Chargers dome, and the Vegas dome are like next level stuff. It is just wow, yeah, incredible stuff. We thought that the Dallas Stadium was the was the standard. I mean, these things dwarf Dallas Stadium. Um, We'll get to the well. well, We've already talked about the Cleveland and uh, and uh, Kansas City, The, the Saints. Uh, Packers. I mean, Winston didn't put up huge numbers yardage-wise, but he had five TDs, no interceptions, which I think was the the big one with him. Um, you know, did you like what you see from New Orleans? Uh, I like their defense. Defense is really good.
0: Defense looked good. Again, I think it has something to do with how bad Green Bay looked. Uh, they just couldn't get anything done. Rodgers did not seem to be himself. Um, mm mm-hmm. You know, there was one of the guys got injured too and they were kind of all around and they had a close-up of Rogers' face. I just felt like he wasn't really in the game. So maybe, again, I think they're going to be okay, but I was really surprised by Winston and what he was able to do. Um, I was actually happy to see that he was able to take that starting position. It wasn't going to be Taysom Hill in there the whole time. Taysom was only in there for a play, I think, which was great, Um, but... You know, when you start, if you can take away Kamara and that safety net for Winston for that offense, I think it's going to be a little bit different story if Winston Mm -hmm. can't rely on him. Um, At least until, you know, Michael Thomas comes back in week eight or something like that. But, uh, hey, I was shocked. We were doing that keeper, um, keeper league with a buddy of mine for charity. And uh, uh, Green Bay was one of the teams I thought was a lock.
1: Yeah. You know, playing playing in a neutral place, I think they weren't even playing. They were playing in Jacksonville or something like that because of Hurricane Ida. But, uh, you know, it, it was an interesting – I mean, the Saints play fast defense. They they were on Rodgers. I mean, Cameron Jordan was all over the place. That's a fast secondary I mean, you're seeing these teams now come out. Their base defense is a, is a four-one-five or whatever. Like it's, we're seeing a shift in how teams play defense. It, like it's just, it, they're coming out with five or six DBs and they're they saying, to. you know what, run, run the ball, because you're not going to pass on us. And uh, and that's what we're seeing. And I think you're going to start seeing a uh, you know a, a return to the run game because defenses are just they're coming out ready to defend the pass. It's
0: crazy. Everything in life is cyclical. Uh, you know, from you know, old to retro unis that, that's that come back or back in fashion. Same thing yeah. for offenses and defenses. Yeah. You know, the offenses have gone to this high octane, spread the ball out, multiple weapons, defenses are gonna a- adjust, which is what they're doing, and yeah. then offense are gonna have to then shift back to something say, Okay, if they're gonna take that away, then we need to go back to pounding the football then you go back to sort of the old school style and then defenses adjust accordingly. And, you know, some other wrinkles, it's just, it's just the way it works, but it is, you know, you're, you're spot on. The defenses have started to adjust to teams that are successful, like the Kansas city chiefs, like, you know, the saints were with breeze and we'll see what he does with Winston. Like the Rams are all those kind of things, uh, kind of offenses, those styles, um, you know, defenses and defensive coordinators are working to mitigate the damage.
1: Yep. Um, we're at the five-minute marker, five-minute warning. Um, okay. Let's, uh, let's get rolling. Broncos, Giants. Uh, Broncos look good. Teddy Bridgewater, my man, really happy for him. I loved hearing uh, Eli and Peyton on, uh, on Monday Night Football together. They were awesome. I don't know what you thought about that.
0: Yeah, they added Charles Barkley to it at one point, point. I thought it was fun.
1: Yeah, it was great. And Ray Lewis popped in. Uh, Dolphins' big win on the road against New England, and now they housed the Bills. Host? They housed the Bills. They host
0: the Bills. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, On that giant Broncos game before you flip over, Saquon Barkley was nowhere to be found. That's going to be an issue for them if they can't get him going. I can And uh, Jeff Bezos wants to buy the Broncos.
1: Well, they're on the market next year. 2022, they're going to be on the market. So here's the thing. Yeah. If
0: Jeff Bezos wants to buy the Broncos, Jeff Bezos will buy the Broncos.
1: Jeff Bezos will do whatever he wants. The guy has more money than like all of us combined. uh, It's crazy. Um, Again, the Dolphins Patriots, huge win for the Dolphins on the road. I thought that was just huge. It's just a statement win. 17-16. Mac Jones did not look great. Dolphins host the Bills this week. Huge game, No. Huge game. I know it's only week two, but it's it's a big game. That's a, that's a statement. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. They can go 2-1-0 and send the Bills down to 0-2. Crazy. Bears, Rams. Jesus, Bears are awful. First they play are. of the game, they get the, you a know, great punt return or kick return. And they get down to the goal line, and Dalton throws an interception. And I knew right there, I'm like, this is just not going to be a good team. Uh, Rams look good. What do you think of the Rams?
0: Stafford looks like he's in a, a good spot. I think he's going to yeah, show I... us exactly what he's capable of. Goes for 321, three touchdowns.
1: He's got some weapons.
0: He's got some weapons. He's got great arm strength. He's, uh, I think he's and found stability. his
1: spot. And stability. The Rams are a good organization, good coach. I think he's going to be all right. And the last game of the week was last night. Uh, the Raiders came out of nowhere after going down 14-zip and, you know, on Facebook, Troy and Louis oh. posted, you know, I, I can't believe I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a bleeping Raiders fan and uh, why am I a Raiders fan and other people chirping in. And all of a sudden, you know, they start coming back and chipping away and, they, you know, they won 33-27 in overtime. And good win for them. I'm not sold on them, but a good win for them.
0: Yeah, huge win. And I, I'm happy they won because of all the Raiders fans jumping ship in the middle of the game. Oh, it was hilarious. It's like they cursed them. It's hilarious.
1: Let's go to week two
0: real quick. Okay. Week two. Give me your lock of week two. So, from a, uh, what do I call it? Suicide pool. Who would be your lock of week two?
1: Well, you know, this is going to be a sort of a, a, I don't know, an obvious one because of my fan. But I actually think the lock of the week for me has to be Pittsburgh at their home opener against. Uh, not a divisional rival, but like a, a generational rival. I mean, we're talking two teams that hate each other. The Raiders are in Pittsburgh. That's my lock. I think Pittsburgh goes in there at home and they win their home opener to go 2-0, and which is really what they need to do in that really tough division. So I think Pittsburgh beats the Raiders off a strong run game and, uh, and, a, and just generating a, a mad pass rush because they're going to overwhelm the Raiders' offensive line.
0: All right. There you have it. Pittsburgh is his lock. I would normally That's have no taken lock. the Bucks, but we took them already last week. So I don't think we could take them again. Who's uh, your lock? I this said Pitt, uh, Tampa would have been a lock against the Falcons again. Right. Had oh, that no happened. Kidding. I think the Broncos Jags is probably a lock for me as well. So I'll go with the Broncos. Broncos. That's my sleeper team. All right. Uh, because this is pre recorded. We need to get out of here within the hour So we are going to be out Pre-recorded <laughs> uh, okay. Alright we're going out to Lost Boys Me and my crazy world Tune in like next it. week We'll uh, maybe be live Very possible Very possible. I miss the comments I miss the guys chirping us right now Alright have a great night Peace out homie We got my team I don't know which one to pick, my feelings from them both are getting thick now am I wrong cause I don't wanna lose none of them, am I confused cause I don't wanna choose one of them, it's no doubt I think about my honeys every day, that's no question, show sure, my honeys love in every way, possible, I once took my shorty to the hospital, she cut her hand in glass, plus I love that ass. Short and sexy, lips always wet, see? I go down down cause it's fresh plus she lets me. Rub it the right way like Johnny Gill would say. I'm glad you feel that way. Sometimes we just chillin' late. In the sack of rubber back when we're resting It
1: was love at first sight, my confession. She know who she is, can't say her name cause if I do, I won't be true to my game. Well, girl, I can't escape this life that I'm living I'm in the mix, I'm in love with two women. That's worth them moms, I
0: got two honeys on my moms and I know.